What is up, everybody? I am Soul Chemical. This is your first Wednesday show of the new year, even though this is being recorded in 2021. Uh, I have Nico on. As I told you, we were going to do a spoiler-filled review. If you haven't seen this Spider-Man movie by now, you need to stay in the house and just not talk to anybody and stay in the dark because you're being foolish at this point. Um, it's been three weeks since it, as, as, as you will hear this. So we're going to do a spoiler-filled review on that. Also, Nico won't talk about The Matrix. But the thing is, I had never actually seen any of The Matrix until... Uh, a day a day ago and so i saw the first one um but i did have questions about this latest one that i actually couldn't ask anybody until he brought it up and he brought it up on his own so what's up nico how are you doing today man i'm doing good uh we've got some some awesome big budget movies to talk about freaking spider-man and matrix like come on man insane the the type of content we got at the end of this year (laughs) right much different than the year before so uh, anyways, give your thoughts on Matrix Resurrections. Um, as I said, I can't really give too much detail on it, but I do have some questions about it. Yeah, man. So Matrix was, was for sure an interesting movie. I mean, it, it's it's like I think I told you earlier in the week. It was so it's been so divisive over the last two weeks, and uh, I don't know, man. I so I understand all the imperfections and the execution of it could have been much better. But for me at the, at the heart of it, like I really enjoyed watching this film, man. It was the, so I, I guess I'm going to go ahead and throw spoilers out on this review. Mm-hmm. We both are. Yeah. Even, even though you haven't seen, uh, yeah, I, I don't right? care dude. it's fine. But, um, yeah. So the, the beginning of this movie was just weird. It was, it was so meta, so self, uh, referencing throughout the entire, what, first 30, 40 minutes of the film. Um, basically, so I guess just to kind of tell, tell you, Ryan, the, the gist of the matrix that, you know, you, you saw the first one, basically it's, you know, uh, Neo is this guy who lives in this, you know, simulated world he gets pulled out of the matrix and there's this kind of post-apocalyptic thing going on where machines and humans have been fighting uh machines basically house the humans in order for them to be these batteries for them to survive and that's pretty much the gist of of the of the trilogy and eventually the trilogy happens neo saves the day sacrifices himself dies at the end so when resurrections comes around the biggest question behind everything was why, why is Neo back? Mm. You know, he died. The, the, the reason he sacrificed himself was to restore balance between the humans and machines. Again, same with Trinity Trinity. She also dies, uh, in that last third film, uh, matrix revolutions. So obviously everybody who was a fan of this series and was looking forward to number four was probably making their own theories and their own suspicions. So when this movie opens up, they literally reference the first three movies as they were just video games made by Neo. And Hmm. yeah, basically they're saying that Matrix 1, Matrix 2, Matrix 3, um, Neo, Thomas Anderson, which is his name in the real world, that the the whole first three movies were actually just a video game. (coughs) made by this big-time video game programmer. 
so every and it was very like meta very self-referencing like um there was one line that i didn't love because it was the like the 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 um people in this company of this you know this 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 game uh publishing house they actually say like warner brothers media wants us to make a fourth film or or a, a fourth video game matrix video game so it was very weird and very meta at the beginning so like i can totally see how someone is off put by that and just almost like in that first you know 30 minutes it's almost like they were kind of just brushing those first three movies under this weird rug of like meta self-referencing, uh, just kind of oddness, really. Um, I really wish you, 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 you watched it so you can kind of see, kind of understand like kind of the weirdness about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but when you get past that and you start actually seeing what happens, um, basically, the Matrix was reprogrammed, rebuilt, and Neo is was um, Neo and Trinity. The machines harvested their bodies and rebuilt them. And the way that this new program of the Matrix works is that you know they have they programmed Neo to um, he. So and it's 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 hard to explain. But but anyway, um, uh, Neo basically he is like like how I, I, I said before humans are like basically batteries for these machines to live. Basically, Neo and Trinity are like the strongest batteries ever created. Mm. So the reason they rebuilt Neo and Trinity is because they needed this energy from their you know from 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 their bodies. So they put him back into the Matrix and. They keep him there by programming it that, you know, these visions and memories that he has was just this video game. When in actuality, that's all a simulation and everything actually happened. But they're basically saying that, hey, Neo or Thomas Anderson, as he is whenever he's in the simulation, you're just this big time um, game maker. And all these memories that you're having of the first three movies, it was really just a video game that you made. So they're trying to keep him in the matrix in order to harvest this crazy energy. So it's a, I don't know. So basically for, for me, the, the matrix was always a very philosophical thing about what's real, what's not, mm-hmm. you know, what are, what are big powers in the world doing to kind of shield us from the reality. And this one, it's a direct sequel to revolutions. And I, you know, I enjoyed reloaded and revolutions. A lot of people don't, but to me, it still had this, the, you know, like I said before, it wasn't executed in the best way. It wasn't, um, you know, there were some things that they could have done differently. There was a, some pretty heavy exposition moments where, um, you know, characters are basically just looking at the screen, the TV screen and telling the watcher, hey, this is what's actually happening. Um but at the heart of it, man, like it still felt Matrix to me. Like it was still there are these really grand, bold concepts that you know you would really kind of understand more if you watch the whole trilogy about like how the real world is now. You know, outside of the Matrix, um, there's these very big concepts, big ideas, and there, you know, there are some weird self-referencing, you know, meta things in there. 
which seems off-putting at the beginning, but when you keep going through it and like the story unfolds, because it's a, like it's a two and a half hour movie, so it's pretty long. Um, you you really start to get that Matrix feel back, and I mean, I, you know, I was I was kind of surprised, uh, Ryan, whenever you said you, you know you watched the first film, and uh, you know you said it, you you understood the hype, but it really wasn't for you, because you know you know pretty much everyone that I've ever spoken to was like have been like, you know, and for me as well, that first Matrix is, to me, it's top five sci-fi movies of all time. But the thing is, is when I watched this movie, I was like 10 years old. And like mm. these, you know, and back in what, 99 is when it came out? Mm-hmm. You know, these kind of philosophical, like that that idea of being, hey, the world we're living in right now we're actually just plugged in to like this fake simulation and there's, and you know, when you get out, like you see the real world, like that concept had never been mined before at this point, you know, almost 20, 25 years later, you know, you've probably seen some concepts like this and, you know, you know, you know, you, you've kind of been exposed to these more, you know, crazy kind of uh, like out there ideas. But back when the matrix came out, this was literally mind blowing. Mm, I remember, and, I remember it. And and like that, that that moment in the first movie, whenever you know Neo gets unplugged out of the Matrix and he's like in this like weird kind of like uh, like birth pod. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I still get chills to this day when I see that scene. But whenever I saw that scene for the first time, I was literally like, "Holy shit!" Like this movie just freaking went somewhere that. I was so unexpected because, you know, I wasn't expecting this at all. Like, you know, I, what I was expecting from, like, the trailers, as I recall, like, you know, crazy action, you know, the slow motion martial arts stuff, action movie, that stuff is awesome. Right. But whenever, like, that, like, out there, like, creative, imaginative, like, the, the real world, the Zion part came in, I was literally like, holy crap, man, like, my mind is blown. And like that, you know, it, it it lessened in the second and third film, um, but it to me it, it still always had like these grand concepts. And I think that this one, you know, probably not as great as obviously not as great as the first one. And you know, the second and third one are good too. But I thought that this one fell in line with the Matrixes, and I can see how people didn't like some parts of it. But at the heart of it, if you truly understand what the Matrix is and like all these questions and philosophical meanings it has, I think that Resurrections definitely still has all that. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of disappointed that it was so divisive and apparently it didn't do great at the box office. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to see another one or what kind of shows or anything that comes out of it. But um, overall, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of my take on a uh, hot take <laughs> on uh, Matrix Four because there's not a whole bunch of people that love this movie. Yeah, so first of all, it was, I think it was set up to fail anyway. I think because me, in my opinion, no, not my opinion. These are just facts. If you look at the music industry and the movie industry, there are two times a year where they really want to drop certain things. Like if you are uh, for people who don't know music, gold artists. Or people who sell 500,000 copies up until a million copies. 
platinum artists or people who sell one million and beyond. Well, if you're if you're known to be like an Alicia Keys where you sell platinum all the time, you're going to be in the fourth quarter of the year. If you're known to be someone like, a, I don't know, a Noriega, you're going to be in the summertime, right? Because you make summertime hits. Movies, there are summer blockbusters and there are winter movies, right? I think with some of these movies this year, well, I, I think we all know, some of these movies were just so behind after COVID in 2020, they were just putting them out there, right? Like this whole thing with James, the last James Bond movie, like they had to force that out and end up doing well in the box office, but like they had to force it out because like it cost them so much money. They want to get some of that money back. And I think, unfortunately, the Matrix fell into this thing where it was like, all right, we're going to release this thing. And then I don't think they really had a chance to really think about, hey, we're putting this the week after Spider-Man, which is probably, in my opinion, this is definitely my opinion now, the most hyped Spider-Man movie of all time. Like, out of eight movies, to me, this was probably the most hyped out of them all. Anyways, um, I just don't think they really could push it back. So I think I don't want to contribute this being a bad movie to the bat. It's just Spider-Man is still such a freaking hit right now. But yeah. I, I, I do want to say... And, and just to be clear, Spider-Man is is for sure the, the, the better movie, you know, all the way around... Compared to Matrix. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's why it kind of air quotes air, uh, filled in the box office. But yeah, because I had never seen any of the Matrix movies. And so it was one of those situations where I just, I heard diehard people who have been telling me to watch this movie for years who hate this movie. I was like, and I actually, I actually asked them, I was like, do you actually hate the movie? Or do you just hate that they made a fourth one because Hollywood kind of just keeps doing reboots and rehashes of the same thing? You know, because mm-hmm. to, to me, it's a difference. Like this, what, yeah. we know a bad movie. <laughs> you know, we've all seen a bad movie. Is this a bad movie though? And, and no one could tell me it's a bad movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's why when and all reason I even said I would watch The Matrix is because I've been seeing it. Um, I very rarely use my Hulu. Um, I, I get it for free because I have that Hulu Disney Plus package. But I've been seeing The Matrix. All it's all three Matrixes are on that one. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, Matrix Resurrections is on HBO Max. So I could probably watch that one too if I want to. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, I just, no I, it's on there. Uh, huh? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's on uh, it's on HBO Max until January twenty first. So yeah, you got, so, you got about a, a month. <laughs> so um, I, I just said I will watch it. Um, and so I did watch it. I and said the only reason I said it's not for me is because even when I rem- and I'm old enough to remember, I wasn't ten years old. I was probably like four or five years older than you actually. But I still remember the hype of the movie, and I remember like going into that year, it was like. That was one of the most hyped things ever. I remember the behind, I remember the behind the scenes interviews of that where Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves said before anyone could even go on set, the the Wachowski brothers had given all of them this book of the on the Matrix and they all had to read it and they all they all were being tested on. It. I I remember all this stuff happening back then. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, and that's I guess that's you know, and the the, the thing is is like back then like what reeled you know you know, kids my age in was, was the action and was the Kung Fu and all the, you know, crazy martial arts and swords and gunplay and all this and all that. But in, you know, in this Matrix 4 movie, it didn't have a whole bunch of that. You know, it had its fight scenes, definitely not the choreography that, you know, they had in those first three films, but, you know, it still has some of that. It, it focused more on like the story and advancing like plot and stuff. 
and like these kind of crazy ideas, which I appreciated because, you know, nowadays, like, you know, I love the action. I love the slow motion stuff. It, it's cool. But, you know, I, I, I appreciate grand ideas and I, I feel that this one had the grand ideas and, um, you know, like, and it's funny to people, you know, people say like how they absolutely hated the meta stuff, which I can see if you just watch like the first 30 minutes and turn it off, like I could see how you're like, oh, that was kind of, you know, that left a sour taste in my mouth. But if you keep going through and understand what they were doing, it fits pretty much in line with how the Matrix has always been. The Matrix has, since that first movie, you know, you just watched it, what, a day or two ago? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, like, you know, at the beginning, it's almost kind of meta in itself because it's saying like, hey, you know, this is your life. You're a desk worker, you know, that works at this office, goes into this routine every day and sits there. You know, Neo is basically you, you know, and, 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 it, and it's always been kind of meta in that in that sense. And, you know, when you, you know, you when Neo gets unplugged out of the Matrix, like you're also getting unplugged. That's exactly how it felt when I watched that movie, you know. So the, all the complaints of, like, the heavy meta stuff, like, I understand it. But at the same time, like, it kind of falls in line with, with you know, how the series has been. And and there, there's been a couple Matrix video games that, you know, I, I won't go into details of it. But they really do, you know, go into that meta type of stuff that this film did. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting series and, uh, you know, reaction for sure. Yeah, so, no, no just what, what, I was, what I was trying to tell you was that the reason why I said it wasn't for me is because even then, even with all the hype and everything, I love action. I love all that stuff. It just wasn't for me just because it just wasn't for me. Like, like I tend, I, I'm very self-aware of what I like and what I don't like. Like, example, I hate shopping. If I can't walk into the store and pick something out in 10 seconds, I walk out. You know, and for me at a time, even with all the hype and even with me seeing all these different interviews and hearing how, because that's that's the way to my heart is behind the scenes stuff. And if it, if you could tell me more of that, like if I I appreciate Marvel for being as secretive as they are, because sometimes you can overdo something. And it's funny because I thought about you actually uh, yesterday, because I remember you said something on the podcast earlier this year about how you don't want to see any more trailers. Here's my thing: they just dropped a new Batman trailer, right? Which is the third trailer. In my opinion, they have, we get it, WB. You guys, from the first trailer we got in 2020, mastered the trailer of this movie. We don't need any more trailers to get us to March 4th. We get it. It's a murder mystery. The is going to be a villain. Batman's in his younger years, right? So to yeah. me, even with me seeing all that stuff, I, I just need to see the movie now. And I think I think I was part of the reason why I never watched The Matrix is because... I saw so much behind the scenes stuff because it was so revolutionary at that time that I think that's why they put so much hype into it. And it, it was worth it, you know. And to me, I still think it holds up. I mean, I watched it and I even though I pretty much knew everything that was going to happen when Neo does the whole backwards thing and he's technically looking slow, but he's moving fast. Like, I've seen that stuff before. But it's like, to me, it still felt fresh. So... I just think I think people I think we I think we give these things some things lofty expectations and I think that's what all this is about. I think people are just like, well, I was expecting this. But then again, like sometimes we don't know what to expect. And I think that's where Kevin Feige is kind of really good at this. Is he 
likes to manage expectations while building the hype. But he also like, because he flat out, we knew he was lying about the stuff in Spider-Man, which we'll get to in a second. But he still, in my opinion, I think held managed expectations well. So I haven't heard anyone say they don't like Spider-Man. I'm sure there is someone who just doesn't like it. But at the same time, I think Kevin Feige is better at that than a lot of people are. And I just think people, I think this is one of those movies that people will, they may not, they may not love it, but I think it will grow on them as time goes by. Yeah, no, I hope so. I mean, and it's always that thing, too, when, you know, the the predecessor is always going to be better than the sure, successor. You sure, know? sure. You know, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's hard for any movie, no matter what they did, for them to be like, oh, finally, it it lived up to that first matrix movie. Right, you know, it's, right. it's, it's impossible because like I'm saying, you know, like it's, like I say, like, I believe that, you know, the first matrix movie is, you know, one of the best sci-fi fiction pieces of any media of all time. Like, because it was just that like mind blowing, that groundbreaking and, you know, in technical aspects, story aspect, you know, ideas. So like, you know, Anything they do is it's never gonna you know live up to that first one, but you just kind of kind of appreciate it, and um, you know if it captures even the essence of of you know that first one, I think that it it succeeds because you know it's a series. Um, so yeah, I mean it's I I love the Matrix movies, man. They're 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 near and dear to my heart, and any any opportunity I get to kind of jump back into that world, I'm always for it. All right, so that was about the Matrix, and maybe one day I'll watch out the last three of them. I don't know. Like I said, that, like, even after watching it, it just wasn't for me. But I, I, I understand fully the hype. I, I understood the hype even back then. It just, it's just something different, and especially nowadays, I think it's so much different than the the blockbuster hits we we get because everything is about world building. Now. Even the last James Bond movie. That was like a four movie world building experience, you know, yeah. um, which is just what yeah. it is. And that's the thing, like a lot of the like the blockbusters that you know we see today, they're so predicated on existing material, you know, right. a novel, a comic, you know, James Bond, which is you know I don't even know fifty, sixty years in the making, whatever it is. Um, but a, a thing like The Matrix when it came out, it was original, you know, it was back. It was it was it was at a time when like it was such an original piece of content, you know. So no, no, I, I guess no. So I understand, it. and and that's one of those things where like same thing with Star Wars fans. Like I don't think you can ever truly make all. Fa- I don't think you even try to make combo fans happy. I just think there's always going to be a segment that's going going to make it things divisive. I also think that I also think that some people just lie. <laughs> I think people don't mind that. I think people just say, "Hey, I want attention." So look at me on my Twitter. Follow me on my Twitter while I'm bitching. Um, but, but the last thing we'll get to today, and this will be spoiler filled, is Spider Man. You know, um, I'm not gonna run down this whole freaking movie um, because it's to me it's. I'll say my piece about it, then I'll let you go. This was a interesting way of doing an origin story. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it where. Literally, we did an origin story in reverse. Um, when Spider-Man first came in the Civil War, he was given the Stark outfit. He was little Tony Stark, according to some fans. I'm doing air quotes again. You guys can't see that. And then he ends up going to space in his second movie. Oh, no. Excuse me. His first movie, he ends up 
then kind of becoming the neighborhood Spider-Man, and but he's still he's still kind of being mentored. Um, and we actually don't get many mentions. I think in this whole trilogy, we only have two mentions of the the, the bug biting him or spider biting him. Um, I don't think we've even had a mention of Uncle Ben in this entire thing, except for this last movie. But didn't even come from Tom Holland's Spider Man. I think it came from Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. And so they did things very interesting. This was an origin story and a way to reboot reboot him, and essentially keep him in two different universes. Um, while still kind of being grounded, trying to be as much of a grounded hero, even though he has the experience of a much older Peter Parker. So I thought that was interesting in itself. I thought this was a fitting into the trilogy. Um, and I don't know where they go next from here. I'm just, I'm personally assuming we're going to see Tom Holland Spider-Man now mainly in the Sony universe. As they're building up those characters, overall, I thought this was a was, this was a great Spider-Man movie. I actually said this on my uh, top eleven show of the year. Um, I do think Tom Holland became became the greatest live-action Spider-Man, but I also think it was good to see. You no, know, I know it was good to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, especially Andrew Garfield. He got so fucked in his movie and his trilogy. He got so screwed. It was good to see them get closure of this is the last time we see them, but I don't think this is the last time we see either one of those guys uh, not dawn the, the Spider-Man. I think, I think we're going to see them at least one more time, personally, uh, especially Andrew Garfield. He has a lot of juice left in, in that character. But um, I think the surprises were good. I think even, and I will say this, Marvel did, uh, and with this movie, I guess it was so big... I, this is the first movie, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Nico, or not. This is the first movie, though, in my opinion, of Marvel movie, that the, all the leaks were essentially true. Like, they said that Charlie yeah. Cox was coming back as Daredevil. They've been saying that for... I, I know I very rarely listen to rumors and stuff like that. I've been hearing this for like the last year and a half. The whole thing with Tobey Maguire and everything. And, and actually, Tom Holland said something very interesting. I said, and I said this last, in last week's show. He said that Marvel went balls to the wall on this story to where... The first draft of this script, Tom, um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were in the script before they ever agreed to be in the movie. So they, they just say, hey, this is what we want to do. We need to make this happen, which is, that's ballsy. Because I'm pretty sure Andrew Garfield, maybe even Tobey Maguire, but I'm mainly sure he was not an easy catch to get after how Sony treated him. Sony treated him pretty badly. Which we know from the those aren't rumors. If you just go online and look at the, the leaked emails from Sony, you see how they treated this guy. Um, I've read those emails. They're not really good to Amy Pascal and the rest of Sony. Anyways, um, I do think it was good to see him get closure. I loved how Marvel did what people didn't know they were gonna do. How having even though this is true in the comic book, technically Aunt May is the first one to say, "With great power comes great responsibility." Is an Uncle Ben. People remember Uncle Ben in the comic because he died as he was saying it. But Aunt May was the first one to actually say it in the comic. So to have Aunt May, uh, Marissa Tomei, actually say it was, I, I, I thought that was a little cool nod to her. Um, obviously, the, the cameo was of Daredevil. The, the, the minute he was on freaking screen, you know, was awesome for me to, to know that he exists and to see Charlie Cox. And to me personally, and I, after this, I'm going to turn it over to you, Nico, I think all those Netflix characters, Mike Coulter, Kristen Ritter, maybe not Finn Jones. Um, but then again, he was he was only given he was only 
acting with the material he was given. I would love to see at least Kristen Ritter and Mike Coulter get a chance to reprise their roles because they did a fantastic job. And even though Daredevil was the better show, that was probably the best show of the MCU, excuse me, of the Netflix MCU, I still, I personally love two of the three seasons of Jessica Jones, season one and season three, but I think both seasons of Luke Cage were stellar. Now, the one thing I pointed out to Jonathan Esther before is you have to like black drama to really appreciate um, Luke Cage, in my opinion. Because that was, uh, as my friend Ken, uh, uh, Kay would say, that was black as fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, you have to really appreciate black culture because that's what that was cultivated in. But I think those two should at least get a chance. We already, we already know Vincent DeFornio. Um, oh, I can't always say his last name wrong. D'Onofrio, uh, I think. Thank you, D'Onofrio. Thank you. D'Onofrio, he's back as Kingpin. But I mean, like, I think those two should definitely get a chance in, in the in the real MCU. I think they could bring a lot more to this to it. But what do you think about the movie? <clears throat> yeah, man, very, very, very well said. Um, to me, this movie was the ultimate love letter to Spider-Man fans, especially mm. you know those of us who have been watching since uh, you know Spider-Man One, the very first Tobey Maguire movie. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's in- interesting that you say that it's kind of like almost like a backwards, uh, or what did you say, a reverse origin story order, yeah, in reverse. Story. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. It kind of is. You know, one. You know, I you know I loved. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed watching Homecoming and Far From Home. You know, I thought those are you know really good you know, Spider-Man movies. Um, uh, I always thought that um, Zendaya as MJ is amazing and she continued to be amazing in this film um no way home but it, it you know the one little kind of thing i always had was you know it never really felt like you know the friendly neighborhood spider-man to me mm-hmm. you know he, he was never kind of running around new york you know uh, you know saving you know old ladies crossing the street or you know putting out fires or you know you know helping you know taking down you know uh, you know lowly criminals out in the streets he always was just always on this kind of like higher leveled kind of playing field, you know, and, and, and that first homecoming, he was always kind of hand in hand with the Tony Stark stuff. And, you know, this, you know, pretty, pretty big, you know, villain in the uh, vulture. And then, and then suddenly, you know, the second one, he's all of a sudden, he's not even in New York anymore. You know, he's off in Europe and, you know, fighting Mysterio and all this stuff. And then at the very end of, of a uh, far from home, which I didn't love, suddenly everyone knows exactly who Peter Parker is. So I'm like, we had no time at all, you know, of Peter Parker being the poor, you know, college student, high school student that, you know, can't catch a break, but doesn't care because he's going to go and save the day, you know, when he gets off of, off of school. You know, and, and I was always like, man, you know, I'm, I'm just not getting that. But now, <clears throat> after this movie came out and I, you know, watched it with a you know fist in the air you know pumping at every every awesome spectacular moment you know now i kind of see what they were doing you know they were you know setting this whole trilogy up to give you know tom holland spider-man all the tragic events you know growing up into into actual man by i mean he goes through a lot in this movie man Mm -hmm. i mean he goes through the death of aunt may well you know first of all like 
messing up the entire multiverse, <laughs> you know, having like people from you know the way they did the villains in this movie. I couldn't believe how well they were able to bring in Electro and you know Sandman and Lizard and all these guys. I was like, what the hell, dude? Like they they pulled this off, you know? Um, but yeah, like you know, not only did he mess up the multiverse, he basically it was his fault that Aunt May died because mm-hmm. you know he wanted to save and you know have re- redeem these villains which you know probably wasn't the best option and you know in in in, in my in my opinion mm-hmm. um it's funny but you know he was messing with fate and killed his you know his aunt may died and then he has to go through like losing his love in mj because you know he has to reset everything and then decides at the end that hey maybe it's not best that i that i that i that she knows me so he goes through a lot, man. So at the end of this, like, he's got all this baggage and has kind of had to go through all these hardships. And, you know, it was, it was amazing that ending moment whenever he he's in his little apartment mm-hmm. with his handmade suit. No more Tony Stark sci-fi suit to wear. No mm-hmm. more Iron Spider suit. He's lowly old Peter Parker, you know, down and out. But guess what? He's still going to go save the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know... And that's what I said, you know, I was, now I understand what they were doing, you know, you know, they're, they're building up to, to, to this the whole time, you know, to like this whole trilogy was really his origin. And now he's going to go and kind of be the Spider-Man that, that we really know. But yeah, man, it, it was, you know, I thought the Dr. Strange stuff was really, really strong, especially whenever, uh, that chase, like in the middle of the movie, whenever they're kind of going through all those, uh, you know, Dr. Strange is using his like reality yeah, bending. Him. Yeah um powers and then you know uh spidey's like hey i can beat you with math and i was like oh that's so clever um so like that stuff was really fun like i said the villains were were done great i mean you know we haven't even spoke about willem dafoe like coming in and killing it as like a comic accurate green goblin mm-hmm. uh goblin in the suit and everything with the hood and the pumpkins oh i mean that that was awesome to see on screen um, and then, of course, reuniting all the three Spider-Men as they swing through, build, you know, past buildings and, you know, some amazing shots. Um, the banter between Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and then Tom Holland, like, you know, I, I you know, a lot of people don't like Andrew Garfield um, as Spider-Man, but I've always loved him. I really like that first Amazing Spider-Man movie, and I think the second one has some good stuff in it. I think I've mentioned that on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing him get redeemed and saving MJ mm-hmm. there at the end, that was, I kind of knew that was going to happen, but still seeing everyone it was knew awesome. Everyone knew it was going to happen. That's the one thing no one could, once you saw, once you saw MJ falling in the trailer, everyone knew what was going to happen. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, but it was awesome dude, because like, that was such a tragic moment in that second amazing Spider-Man and, to see him uh, come back and the whole ending, you know, Tobey Maguire saving Goblin. Uh, man, yeah, they, you know, it was, yeah, some of it was fan servicey moments, but you know what? Like I said, it was like a, a love letter to, to Spider-Man fans. Um, I think, like I said, I think Zendaya's, you know, you know, I, I, Pearson Dunst as MJ, eh, she was okay. Uh, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy was awesome, but Zen, this rendition of MJ and uh, Zendaya, like, 
after this movie and like the connection they had, I was, you know, I was sad whenever, you know, her and Peter weren't together at the end and he kind of had to just go off. Um, so yeah, man, it, it, you know, like you said, I haven't heard anybody that disliked this movie, so I could ramble on about all the good stuff in it. Oh, and an awesome part. I'm so glad that Tom Hardy Venom is not in the MCU. Mm, mm. And they kind of like just poured him out of there at, at the very end of the movie. And I was like, oh, thank you. I don't want that goofy version of Venom uh, well, well, the, in this in this universe. Well, the funny thing you say about that is, and this goes to my point earlier about the rumors, like that was always a rumor too. Like I remember once they did that post credit scene where he got zapped into the MCU I remember the first thing I read when I left the movie theater that night or that day, whenever, whatever it was, I remember this vividly because I remember I immediately just, I can't remember the person, I want to give the person credit that re- I reported this, but they were the first person I saw reported and it just came on my feed. It's like, hey, don't worry fans, Tom Hardy's not going to be in the MCU for long. He's getting zapped out immediately. I remember I saw that, like the day, I saw Venom, like the day it came out, like well the Friday it came out, whatever, because everything comes out Thursday technically now. I saw it. I saw it that Friday, right? And I remember like leaving the theater. That was a, it was during the day, and I remember the first thing I pulled up on my feed was, "Hey, don't worry, he won't be in MCU long. This, this is just, this is just setting up the symbiote to be in um, the MCU." And I was like, "Well, that's kind of genius in a way, so uh-huh. you don't have to do your own Venom." But I've heard I have heard a lot of people say that, and I do agree. I don't personally love this version of Venom. Um, however, I do think Tom Hardy is. At least one thing you can say about him is he's in for he's down for the cause. He is down for this character. It's it's clear yeah. he wants to play his character, and I'm pretty sure as his character, I, I'm I, hopefully he's not for comic relief. But I'm I'm assuming as Peter Parker, Tom Holland ends up going into the Sony verse, which he is, because this is now a connected universe. Like we've already seen the Vulture in a Sony movie with Morbius coming out in like three weeks or whatever it is. So we always know this is a collaboration, and what they I don't know exactly where they're going. People think it's a Sinister Six movie. We'll we'll soon see. Um, but the good thing is we don't know how it ended. Like once Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, excuse me, completed the spell, everyone with all the villains, air quotes, were healed. So that means their fates probably changed. You know. Um, mm-hmm. And I did love when Jamie Fox, after he got healed, he said, "Man, you're so young. I thought you were black." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which is obviously like, a shout every, out to everything... Miles. Like everything about the Jamie Foxx Electra was so awesome, man. Because he was, you know, he was kind of just like a prototypical, like standard kind of villain in Amazing Spider-Man Two, and like they kind of just like, uh, what do you call it, uh, subverted expectations with mm-hmm. him, just like making these hilarious ass jokes. Yeah, he, he pointed out a lot of yeah, different things, but man. but I do love how that, and that's the second mention of Miles Morales in the MCU. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm assuming he's coming soon. We know his uncle was already in the first movie, um, so we're, we're, I'm assuming we're going to soon see a, a live action Miles Morales. But um, yeah, I can go all day about this movie as well. I think it was really good. Um, I, I have not ranked it on my MCU list yet. I, I, I've been having a bunch of people email me talking about what's my MCU list. I've tried my best to not think about that because I think, and for me personally, each movie has such different stakes, if any. Like, I could understand why if someone comes to me and says, hey, you, I hate Thor The Dark World. Okay, I understand that, you know. The one issue that Marvel's always had, MCU's always had, is very generic villains. I think the only villains that weren't generic, honestly, well, one, I don't I don't even want to count William Dafoe because 
no, that wasn't theirs. That was Sam Raimi's. You know, like, like he did a great job in the first Spider Man. He just only he only continued to show that he is the freaking Green Goblin and he's a maniac. You know. Um, so I can't give that to the MCU. I can give Killmonger to the MCU. I can give Thanos to the MCU. I truly believe Kang is going to be a real threat. I believe whoever this beacon is that's calling the Ten Rings, they're going to be a freaking threat. Um, but I do think that's the one thing you can probably knock them on. But I do think that like each movie has, has, has its own stakes and its own meaning to it. And either you accept it or you don't. With this one, I do agree. I think this was a love letter to... Stanley, Ditko, whoever ever who, who's ever written for Spider-Man. It could be Brian Michael Bendis, it could be anybody. This was a love letter to all of them and the fans. And yeah, it, I don't think there's anything wrong with fan service. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving fans closure. Like I I, I remember I read this interview one time with the CW's owner. Uh CW's a, a television network, right? Say what you want to with the shows. I remember I read this, right? And he had did a reboot of Beverly Hills 90210. And so when when we when they announced that they were bringing it back for one more season for finale, they said, "Hey, it's doing poorly in the ratings. It's only getting like two million viewers." He said, "That doesn't mean we shouldn't give the fans an end to the show. Like this 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 show has still had two million dedicated lo- lo- followers. Why just cut that? Off? Why just cut it off? That's fan service. There's nothing wrong with that though. There's nothing wrong with giving fans something else. Because believe it or not, Nico, like I've heard." No- I, pe- I've actually never heard anyone talk bad about Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I've heard him talk bad about the movies because there were certain parts that were weird, like the parents were a part of this plot to take stuff from Oscorp and they got into a plane crash. And um, I didn't think Sally Fields was the best Aunt May, if I'm being honest with you. I, I, um, that just kind of fucking was weird to me. Um, and especially, especially since they want to do a, a spinoff movie based off of Sally Fields' Aunt May. That was just weird. You know, like, Sony just has some really weird ideas. And I'm like, dude, just hire us. We, we, we could bring you some really good ideas. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think, what, at, least, at least what I heard, was more people just complaining about the stuff that was put into it. Like the, meta, like the, like the mechanical rhino at the end of the movie, which was, don't make me think about that. Um, I actually didn't mind any Spider-Man. I didn't mind Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane. Um, I don't, th- I think, her, I think she was all right. I think she worked well with Tobey Maguire. Um, Gwen Stacy was excellent. Obviously I do agree with you on Zendaya, I, but obviously because those two are dating, they, they just have great chemistry. I do think Ned Leeds, he, he's going to be a villain. He set it up in this movie. He said he's, he's clearly going to be a villain down the road. I don't care if it's Spider-Man five or six, he will be a villain eventually. Um, and I, and honestly, Nico, you know what I can see that happening? Him being a villain in five and then six, Peter Parker having to to say to remind him we were best friends at one time. I had to do a spell to make you forget me because of these reasons. I could see it, I could see it playing out in Spider-Man Six five years from now, whenever it's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and I could also see like some kind of weird thing happening where like MJ is now dating Ned. You know, I can see and that like, too. Yeah, and the, and the you know Peter is like, God damn it! <laughs> no, right, right. Just, just, and like maybe that back. spurs some kind of like villainy there. I don't know. I can see that. So yeah, to me, I thought this was a great movie. Um, I will say this: Marvel ended on a on a good note. In my opinion, they went two for two. Uh, the four movies this year, Black Widow was kind of obviously Elena was the best thing out of that movie, but that movie was so not needed. Um. I get they want to fill in some blanks. I get they want to um, honor their deal with because they did have movie deals with both uh, J 
Jeremy Renner and Scarlett Johansson, so they just want to honor that that deal. That I honestly, you could have gotten more out of a Disney Plus series with that than anything. But obviously, Disney Plus wasn't really a thing when this movie was made. But um, that wasn't really that good to me. Shang Chi was amazing. Eternals was. I didn't mind Eternals because I knew going into that movie. You can't have that many characters and Steve Ditko's characters, God, mythical characters, and only have two hours with them and think you're going to fully understand those characters. I just I just knew you couldn't. Um, so that was just all right. And this one, they, they ended up with a banger. And then next year, they're going to start, in my opinion, they're going to start with another banger. Like, they are, let's talk about that before we go. That Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to be insane. It's going to be, it's clearly going to be a horror film, but... I think it's a lot of misdirection going on right now. I, I know what they played at the beginning of the trailer when you hear Wong and Strange talking about that spell, but that scene wasn't even in the movie. In the movie, Wong says, leave me out of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're playing all... They, they, all this is misdirection. Even, even with a scene, the what-if version of Strange, which, first of all, I don't care what anyone says. I said this in private to my brother. A what-if version of Strange is more threatening than Thanos. I, I, that's my opinion. I will maintain that. Strange is just ridiculous. I do like the new look for Baron Mordo. He looks completely badass with the long braids. Um, And I do think, in my opinion, I think the rumors are true with this movie. I think we're going to see our first mutant in it, whether it be Deadpool. Well, Deadpool's not a mutant, but whether it be uh, someone from the X-Men universe. We're going to see, we're going to see a dip. I I do think we're going to see Deadpool in this movie, but I think we're going to actually see either uh, the new Xavier or Magneto in this movie personally yeah yeah that, that that'd be nuts man no yeah i think i think you you might be right with that man um i i, I think it's interesting like how far the mcu is leaning into like the multiverse stuff because i mean if you think about it like why well, I, I mean i guess into the spider-verse wasn't really mcu but um it's, you know still within the marvel universe it mm-hmm. leans so hard into the multiverse into like these different versions of characters then you have, you know, stuff like What If that leans really hard into that. Then you have Loki leans really hard into the variants, into the alternate dimensions. Then you have Into the, or No Way Home super far into the multiverse. And now you have Doctor Strange, which is which is aptly titled Mad or Madness of the Multiverse or whatever it is. Like it's it's interesting that like the M's the you know And don't forget Marvel Nico, we pre- still have, we still have Ant-Man and the Wasp me doing their thing as well, uh, Quantum Mania or something like that. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's just crazy that like this uh, film franchise has like trained their audience to like be accepting of this weird like, hey, this character might not be dead because he can come back, or this character from this movie and you know the Ben Affleck uh, uh, Daredevil can maybe show up. You know, it, it's. It's it's so odd to see. It's it's interesting, not odd that you know the mass movie going population is like all about this and like cool with this like huge lean into like this multiverse stuff. But you um, you, you, you know what though is funny. Just before I forget my thought, because I, don't, I I think because a mass majority of people who are not comic book fans, you can train them to want to want whatever you want them to want. I think when you look look, look this is my opinion. When you talk to the hardcore comic book fans, myself, you, I think a lot of us just take the pieces that we like out of it. That's why that's why Spider-Man was so rare 
to kind of be essentially, in my opinion, as close to a perfect movie as Winter Soldier was. Because to me, every minute in Winter Soldier had stakes on it. And I think that's what helps with these Marvel movies is when every second in the movie has stakes. Like to me, that's what made Infinity War a gem for me. Because every second of the movie, now we've had 10 years. Now the first voice we hear is Thanos. Now it's like, holy crap on a cracker. I already knew this guy. I remember being in a movie theater. Funny story. I think I saw a story on the podcast before, but I'll tell you, Nico. I remember I was in the theater when the first Avengers was there. I was with my ex at the time. This is in Maryland. And I remember I was clearly the only comic book fan in this movie theater, right? Because no one was cheering for anything. Not when the Avengers got together. People were just like, it was like it's like a, a a Japan crowd were wrestling. They're like, oh, smattering of applause, right? It was really weird. <laughs> so I remember when Thanos showed up at the post credits. I, I I I I never do this, but I said out loud, I said, "Holy fuck, they're screwed." And I remember like everyone like looked at me, and it was so weird. I was like, oh my bad, my bad. At the end of the at the end of the show, I'm walking out with my ex. Like 50 people at the theaters, no lie, approached me. My ex like, "What do you know that we don't know?" I was like, "You don't know who that is." No, I was like, that's Thanos. That's the Infinity Gauntlet. That they're fucked. He, they were like, what? What's that? I mean, it's like Google that shit. <laughs> so, like, it was just funny to actually see the way they started was genius to me. And to me, Endgame was a love letter to the MCU fans. So I think they've been able to condition a lot of the casuals to, hey, this is where we're going. Either you're with this or you're not with us. And I do think a lot of the hardcores like it, but the hardcores that don't like certain... I've, I've known people who, once they watch the first Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, they stop watching MCU movies altogether. Like, they just don't fuck with them at all. Um, yeah. But I do think... I do agree with you, though. Like, they have trained their audience. But same thing... You know what it is, though? I'm, and I know some people are going to hate me for this, but the CW started all this shit, dude. Like, the CW been killing people and bringing them back for like the last fucking 15 years. Mm-hmm. You, you know? Um, yeah, but some of that's kind of like in campy ways because like oh I'm not saying it's in good know, ways I'm like, just saying like weird sci-fi shows have been doing that for ages. Well, yeah, I know uh, that, I, but the thing is they, they they don't have the budget that the MCU has, and I get that. But the point is, a lot of these fans do watch those CW shows. You know, yeah, if, you, if you talk to a lot of them, they they still watch. I I, I can't follow the CW shows anymore, uh, even though I've been told good things about Star Girl. Um, I can't yeah, watch them. Yeah, Stargirl's good. I watched the first season of Stargirl. It's 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 yeah, it's it's, it's, it's real good. Okay, so I I, may, I, I it's hard for me to watch those shows now. Like to me, once Arrow kind of died off, I feel like the Flash kind of lost his way. And to me, I think the Flash and Arrow played so well off each other. I think they're looking for somebody to play off the Flash. Um, because I feel like the Flash has really lost his way. But anyways, the point is, I do agree with you. I do think it is cool that they have conditioned artists just to just accept these things. At the same time, I think the more the casual fans realize how important these characters are, it's just cool to see them on screen. Um, and just cool to see some people just go. Like, I, the one thing I love besides watching the movies are seeing the fucking theater reactions, dude. Uh, the theater reactions are awesome. I know technically they shouldn't be, re- be recording them, but... To me, that that makes stuff like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's returns even more important because it's like, man, we this, there's always someone that loved these projects. The same way you talk about Ma- the Matrix, right? It's always someone that loves these projects, and we don't get endings. Like to me, for as much as I didn't care for Spider-Man Two, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two, 
mainly because I didn't like the way they treated their villains. I thought they treated their villains like they were something that just runs the Ferris wheel as a county fair. But I, I still would want to get the third one because, hey, maybe they could have fixed it. Maybe they could have given Spider-Man some dark. Maybe we could have seen the uh, angry Spider-Man not pulling his punches, as Andrew Garfield said. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and, hey, and, hey, look here. I, I will never badmouth the, Spy- the Spider-Man 3. It was a bad movie, in my opinion. However, dude, you could tell so much studio interference happened with that movie. I would never blame Tobey Maguire or Sam Sam Raimi for that. Plus, Sam Raimi is gonna get his 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 uh he's gonna be remembered for this multiverse of madness movie. I believe that's gonna be a great movie. Um, and I think Marvel has a chance to have four bangers next year. Only movie I'm worried about next year is the Black Panther one, and that's because that's going through so much. After Mr. Bozeman died, now you have Lady Wright maybe only coming back for this movie, but not becoming Black Panther like we thought she was gonna be, and that's going to be a whole it, thing. Is it a, a movie or a series? For some reason, I thought it was like a Wakanda Forever series. Or no, something. it's a one. It's, it's, a, it's a movie. It's Wakanda Forever the movie. Uh, okay. And then on top of that, they they're, they do they're really world building that movie because they actually had the first pictures of uh, Riri Williams in that movie. Like she's making her MCU debut in that movie, which is crazy. Because I because mm-hmm. now I because well it makes sense in the comics she did come around after Tony Stark passed away or quotes but. Um, they have a lot built uh, going on that in that movie, and I'm just like, man, like I wonder how they're gonna make that work. That's that's probably the only concern for MCU fans, but um, I am looking forward to next year. Um, so, anyways, let's get out of here. We can say we can't say right, yeah, two, two, two last quick quick questions. Okay. About about Spider-Man, the um, because I, I didn't I didn't fully understand it, like the Matt Matt Murdock Daredevil mm-hmm. uh, cameo. Was that like in response to the multiverse stuff, or no. was that just like the MCU guys He's being like, MCU. "Hey, let's grab uh, Charlie Cox and put him as Daredevil in here just because like we want to," or was it like an actual like multiverse thing? No, no, I didn't do the multiverse. I had no, you have to remember by, <laughs> by that time he hadn't even approached Strange yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. That's 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 what I thought. I I, I guess they just kind of picked him and like, hey, like come back. No, it, it, but the thing the thing is that it would make sense for Mur- Matt Murdock to get a phone call because remember in the comics mm-hmm. Matt Murdock usually helps out the people that can't help themselves. So yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. So so no, this was showing that Matt Murdock is in the MCU and supposedly he's going to be in She-Hulk series and the Echo series, but supposedly. We're gonna see Matt Murdock in the She-Hulk series. We're gonna see Daredevil in the Echo series next year. Hmm. Cool. Okay, that, that that makes sense. And so, your favorite uh, Spider-Man movie? You think? No Way Home. Um, that's too soon to say. It would be a mm-hmm. high reaction. But if I have a gun put to my head, personally, I would still say Spider-Man Two because I think uh, the stakes in that movie just were great and i just uh and i think that because there was no expectation of it this had so much expectation mm-hmm. i think it had to live up to the hype um i st- i would put it number two without a doubt you know but i still think spider-man 2 for me personally um was the better spider-man just because like i said it just at that time i don't think we knew as fans what we had did we know when like to me when x-men 2 came out when spider-man 2 came out those are those are still great freaking movies that I had no expectation for. I never thought I was gonna see a Wolverine and and Cyclops and Xavier and and I I, I didn't I didn't expect that then. Now 
I expect these things. Like you should be providing these things. You guys, you billionaires should be freaking bearing your fucking egos to bring us what we actually want. <laughs> you know, like to, when I hear Amy Pascal and Sony complain, "Oh, poor us. Spider-Man is the only thing that sells." Grow up. It's a billion dollar. Con- it's a billion dollar conglomerate onto itself. The merchandise alone sells a billion dollars a year. So like me, you guys complain to me. Well, well, poor you. I'm sorry. Um, so now I kind of expect these things. I don't, I don't expect this from all the movies, but I do expect them to have a certain count. Like to me, love, uh, Thor, love and thunder. I expect big things out of that. Like you give this guy a fourth movie and you, you have so many things, um, in it. Supposedly we're going to see a lady Thor and stuff like that. I expect these things to be good. Now, Spider-Man two, I just, I didn't see that coming. Wait, is this your favorite Spider-Man movie? Uh, I still love Into, Into the Spider-Verse, man. Uh, I I think that that's my, my still my favorite, um, just because it was so unexpected as it in was. terms of like how much of like a real comic book and how much love they gave to like you know adapting an actual comic into it with the captions and the bubbles and the art direction and you know you know but i mean that's me part of me being a creator and whatnot and of course the story and everything was great um so i i still put into the spider-verse up there um as at number one but yeah i mean i could i mean this one's this one coming in at, at number two i think right now um at the time of this recording it could change but uh yeah in, in into the spider-verse I, I still love that movie and you know, I, I own it and still watch it regularly. So, yeah, and to me, the reason why I put into the Spy Verse in that is just because it's not live action. I put it into one of the best, my best favorite car. I, I try to, I usually break mine down to categories, um, but also I, I don't, I haven't really ranked that one yet, to be honest, because I know there's a lot more to come from it, and, I'm, and I saw the first trailer for that and how i see spider-man 2099 and my it's like it's like the first movie of like a four movie thing where i'm looking forward to seeing it i think they put themselves in a position i think they won oscars off that fucking movie so they put themselves in a position to where they have really high expectations but i think i do think the first one was a great one um but yeah i I don't tend to change my rankings very often i'm not that fickle but um yeah no this movie came through when it needed to like I said, man, and just like I said, even the subtle world building. Like, and to me, the reason why I'm glad you asked that question about Charlie Cox, because to me, that cameo, it felt like a comic book cameo. When you get that first issue and it says, "Hey, this is the first cameo of whoever," yeah. right? It felt like a cameo. You know, it felt like, all right, do you guys see what we have here? Now we're gonna make you wait for it. The same way I appreciated Blade's cameo. I don't care if it was a voice cameo. They still never done anything. I I have yet to hear anyone tell me that they've done it before in the MCU, where you just get a voice cameo, and it's like, don't go, come back, you know, come back, you know. And to me, them doing little things like that, them becoming a comic book in this world, I love most of it because I think that is the creator in me because I'm like, okay, I could see that being the thing, you know. And 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 have you watched finished watching the Hawkeye series yet? I still need to watch the last episode. Okay, so I won't tell you what happened, so I won't say anything, but you already know yeah, the big yeah. reveal in episode five. But to me, even even then, like, when you watch episode six, like, you could tell the difference between that kingpin and the MCU kingpin. Like, to me, 
first of all, they play masterful performances. I think I said that already. However, when I see the outfits they put him in in episode six, Kingpin, it, I, I immediately knew what issue they got that from. And that's crazy because it's not like I'm a kingpin fashion in fashion in fact infinite oh my where my tongue aficionado thank you I, 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 for, um I'm so excited <laughs> but I, I remember I saw I was like holy crap I know the issue and I don't even it's, it's not like I follow all of his stories enough to know that but I just knew it right I was, I'm, I'm super excited yeah. but it's one of those things where I, I do love how they're doing more of that and I don't know if that's going to continue or not. because um, I do know they like putting their own spin on things which I'm sure they have to do the legal reasons like. Um, I, when I heard this is a topic for another day, and then we'll we'll sign off. But I, I remember what Jim Starlin said: what they get, what the writers get for their uh, for their contributions, and when they use them on screen, I'm like, ugh, that's not a lot. But at the same time, it's better than what DC gives. So it's just it's kind of ugly, man. Yeah, yeah, no, to- totally. That's it's a it's a definitely another uh, topic. But I mean, speaking of like kingpins and like you know versions of like the you know the comic book versions but like into the spider-verse that was an excellent example of like that kingpin in there was straight bill sinkevich like that giant like wide-shouldered kingpin when i saw that i was like man this movie cares about comics and And like you can totally see that and i think when you watch text me when you get episode when you watch episode six i think you're gonna feel the same way about this one as well so anyways let's wrap this up nico tell them where they can find you uh, you can find me on Instagram at Nico underscore writes. Um, posting my new webcomic called Robo Prehistoric Wizard. New pages every Wednesday. Um, and it's all for free. My link is in the description on my Instagram. And uh, yeah, you can follow me, pop to me there, interact, whatever you need. All right. And I will actually promote something for the first time since he did too. Graphic novel. I've been telling people have been telling me to do this. I'm just really bad at it. The graphic novel of Messina, When Are You the Terrorist, comes out January 12th on Google Play and Amazon. I know a lot of you guys have been hitting me up about paperbacks and all this stuff, but here's the issue with that. I'm telling you guys the truth. I promise you. I never heard this before. So when I went to the website I usually use. I use Kablam to print all my stuff because they, they're very comic book friendly to, in, to, to indie creators. So I went there to print literally on the website, and I did this just today. Literally on the website said, <laughs> due to a paper shortage, <laughs> I didn't notice such things. But there's due to paper shortage, they don't know when I'm gonna get it. But I do have a fast track, so when I get them in, I will announce it on Instagram at Never Silver Spoon Fed. But I did want to make that announcement because I did post it for the first time. The, the cover, the, the cover for the graphic now, I posted that for the first time and got some great feedback from it. And actually, I wasn't even happy with that feed. I wasn't happy with that 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 picture we did, but. Uh, enough people liked it that overruled me so anyways thank you nico for joining us and i am the slow chemical this is i see things a little differently and we are out